0: Welcome to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. Thank you to all our loyal listeners who have returned for more aha-inspiring shows. Since 2008, when we launched Pay Radio, thousands of people have enjoyed hundreds of on-demand shows. Hey, heads up to all you new listeners, get something to take notes with. You're about to hear something that will inspire you in some thought-provoking way. Jot those questions and ahas down. And then post your questions and your ahas in the status or comment box below. In this segment, enjoy the best 40 minutes of a 93-minute March book club event. What book club, you ask? On the third Saturday of each month, readers all around the world connect to share stories, questions, at ahas. Paid book club members enjoy access to secure online learning tools so that we can continue this monthly discussion well beyond book club time. One of those tools includes access to our book club audio library. Paid book club members have the option to listen to or download a full copy of each event to squeeze every drop of insight out of each club call. Once again, grab something to take notes with over the next 40 minutes, let your explorer out to play. Our journey to explore our sense of worth begins now.
1: Welcome to the book club. When I first read the preface, I was kind of fascinated. (laughs) There's been many books that I have just completely skipped over the preface. I was really fascinated with this preface because of the fact it started off with welcoming me. I took a look at some ambitious goals. I think all of us have ambitious goals, but how do we put those ambitious goals to practice in the right way where I am actually taking time for myself and honoring my worth, and then learning to honor the worth of other people and be in balance. That was a completely different aspect For me to actually take a look at in my life because I had spent so many years just wandering through my life because life was so busy. I really didn't get to a point of awareness within myself to actually stop and smell the roses or explore myself enough. I was too busy with kids and whatnot, trying to make a living that I never took that time I want to welcome you all because this book is going to show us how to get into some balance, how to give to ourselves, make you, the person who you are, come out in so many different ways.
2: Hey, this is Green from Woodrow, Pennsylvania, small town in Pennsylvania. I found Amy what I'm worth one day. I was talking to Marsha, and she told me she was doing something new, sure. and I, I asked her about it and said I'd like to be part the creator of the program and try it out, see what this was all about. At that point, I had the notion that I should give everything away for free, and if I had asked somebody for something, who would I to do that? You know, What are you supposed to do? Uh, just ask people for different things and then receive and give. I remember the first call where talking to soul I got the idea that giving and receiving finding balance is just like breathing you have to take air in to push air out and I think this course is very much you have to do the work and then you can really see the balance and the manifestations come full reality and just create an awesome life for yourself and I started telling other people about this and I'm getting really excited and One of my big goals is to create a great book club here where people can start to learn and ultimately teach classes and have people from the same realization I've had so they're not afraid to honor their worth, to show other people that they're worth it and be able to do things like set boundaries, create contracts, create better relationships with their friends, understand that they have millions of skills, and just see all the cool stuff they have in their house. And I think it's going to be a great lifelong journey.
3: Hi, everybody. I'm Brand Richardson. I'm in North Carolina and uh, Kareem and Marcia and Seoul. I've never been so welcome to be a part of it, anything. For some time, I've known Marcia and I encountered Seoul. And then Kareem asked me to consider joining pay me what i'm worth and so i bought my own book and decided i would join everybody for the journey and i'm very grateful for the opportunity i'm intrigued by the conversation that i've heard and the chatter in the past i'm looking forward to making new discoveries
4: awesome welcome francis thank you I'm Samantha Studebaker-Carl, over here in Indianapolis, Indiana. Glad to be here. I'm kind of new to this whole thing and have no idea what we're going to be doing.
1: (laughs) Well, welcome. When I first started in a class, I had no idea what I was going to be doing either. We're just going to go through it as best we can. It's not going to be anything heavy duty. This is a book club discussion.
3: There's no other way to describe soul other than to say you encounter <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: that's too funny, Francis. All right, well, ditto. When you talk about Francis, that's all there is to it.
3: To <laughs> so sum it up, Marsha and Kareem, the best. On sum it up for me. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be a part of the discussion. Perfect.
0: Okay. Wonderful. The goal of this club is to keep it light and simple. From a decade's worth of experience, I've found that you start getting into the chapters, you start getting into the exercises, and it feels kind of like a hook. It's like, oh, I want to do these. I really want to do these. You can, but that's really what we do in our classes. So our book club is meant to be more like, think of it. this as a cookbook we're just going to lightly skim the chapters. I mean, 10 minutes tops, read the information. And then on the third Saturday of every month, we're going to talk about some of the more abstract concepts that are actually buried way beneath the book. And you'll kind of get, for lack of better words, a little, you know, like when bread's baking, and you, you begin to, sweat. Oh, oh, you want that bread, right? That's what our goal is with this book club, is if you really want to get into a class, then you've got to talk to how to get that rolling. Over the year, 44 words, 44 terms have come up consistently when we talk about our and that's our topic for today's book club. When you stop and think of your sense of worth, you know, you think of W O R T A. What's the first word that comes to mind? Value. Okay. Consciousness. Okay.
2: Respect.
0: Very good. Okay. Francis, what's the first word that pops to mind when you think of the word worth?
4: Content.
0: Content. Okay.
4: Yeah, confidence is kind of coming up for me.
0: Confidence, okay.
4: At some point in
0: time this week, what I would suggest for for grins and giggles, get out a sheet of paper, draw a circle in the middle, write the word worth in it. And then as the time clicks on, Draw another circle. Write another word like respect or content or consciousness. Just start mind mapping these words as they come out and see how how many different words come up. Any idea why this is an important beginning to understanding our worth? So you don't
3: short sell yourself?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Very good part on that one. What else? There's other things about being more conscious of the different
2: facets of worth. Seeing the connection between what you see as your worth and what your worth could be. Looking at myself in the inside and the outside and seeing, am I projecting the worth that I actually am saying I am? Uh Am I letting people treat me in a certain way?
3: Like you're kind of getting a total picture and not just half the picture.
0: Yes. Yes. What illusions about worth do we have that's right in front of us? Hmm.
2: That we're not worthy.
3: Or on the other hand, sometimes you might think you're all that in a bag of chips.
0: Uh, When I hear the word you and your... I change that in my mind, and I hear "I" and "I am." Is that accurate, Francis? Yes. Okay. So these illusions—think about this. Little by little, drip by drip, they begin to de- erode our sense of worth. Right? You've heard this—the term "tooth decay," right?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. How does tooth decay start in your mind? I guess that we've all been told that because we have all this bacteria on our teeth and it eats away at your teeth <laughs> are you conscious of it happening at the time i uh, know not really i mean not much you don't brush your teeth every day and you feel all that gunk on there and it irritates your gums but otherwise it doesn't irritate your teeth you, know, you don't feel it until it's it's a major problem
0: right until you have a a, a sip of something or you eat some ice cream or or something that's It causes an extreme, and then one of the teeth might go, hello, right? Then what happens? Then you become aware that there's a problem. And because of time or money or busyness or whatever, is it often that I'll deal with it later, right? I mean, think about this. When we have a a tooth issue, we're busy. We don't have enough time to get to the dentist, right? We put it off, and we put it off, and we put it off until one day either we wake up going, (laughs) oh. Or we, it's like, I got to get to the dentist, right? At that time, we have no choice but to look at our tooth decay. We can't put it off anymore, right? Because we're in pain. Our body is saying, okay, you've ignored me six months ago. You ignored me three months ago. You ignored me last week. That's it. I'm being, I'm done being ignored. Follow? Same concept? Worth decay. The term worth decay is new.
4: What do you think that's all about? think what we're getting at and my perspective on it is uh, of course I want to go back just a little bit when you were talking about doing the mind mapping and how you were start out with the word worth see what comes up and then what words come up then you add additional words onto that and it's kind of like digging down and down and down inside yourself to see what your true beliefs are about worth and what you truly believe about yourself because then like with the tooth decay thing, you don't know what's going on until you discover that there's a problem that you need to work on. And this mind mapping thing is how you figure those things out so that then you can begin working on them from can't work on a problem until you know what it is, right? So that's, I think that's what we're talking about here.
0: Good beginning. Very good beginning. What
4: else? Black. lack of importance.
3: Deterioration, rebuilding with lacking. If something decays, you've got to rebuild it or patch it. Perfect.
0: So if we get out another sheet of paper, turn the page. In the middle of the paper, draw a circle and write our own names in there. And outside that circle, if we write body, mind, spirit, three other circles. There are certain aspects to each one of our physical, emotional, and spiritual sides of life that worth decay begins to come in and do its duty. For example, on the physical side, the body. Outside of the circle of the physical, the body, You can draw a little line and then another smaller circle. And then you can write the word age in there. How much does our age impact our sense of worth? Open question to everybody.
1: I think it does impact our sense of worth. It impacted mine because it really had me looking at how much time do I have left on this planet?
2: I mean, okay. I'm getting up there. Oh,
0: Kareem's so. <laughs> getting up there. Oh my! What are you, Kareem? Yeah. Uh, Agent thirty-something now?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not yet, but we're forgetting. You know.
3: I'm 66, and I think the age is just a number. I agree. It it doesn't matter. I went drag racing at 40. I've been skydiving at 20, and I've been parasailing at 66. Beautiful. So it doesn't matter how old you are. If you feel like it, age is not relevant. 100%
0: agree. But when we add the aspect of society, when we add the aspect of employment, we add the aspect of other external forces, even though I'm 55, I think I'm still a 20-year-old, but the average person walking down the street, they're going to look at me, and they're not going to see a 20-year-old, and they're going to judge me accordingly, right? Right. What else? about our physical world that invites worth decay income mhm good one
1: ability maybe huge one mhm even just whether we drive a car or not so
0: our material world yes okay good
2: whether we're part of something or not so relationships Yeah, like groups and relationships and things like that.
3: That's a big one, Kareem, because what 20 year old wants to have a 50 year old person coming in and crashing their party?
2: Really, who you really getting to like relationships, some people are upset because, (laughs) and I can say this for myself, because I might not know some people who can help me advance my music career or help. I don't know people who can advance me in my public speaking career, but I will get to know those. But imagine if I can get the right mentors, where would I be? So that's definitely a sense of worth. Big time.
0: And now we're getting close to like a Venn diagram where you've got two circles, about two paper plates about to overlap a little bit. Relationships really overlaps the physical and the emotional, doesn't it? Yes. See how this is beginning to bleed. And there's another huge physical aspect that we're missing that can be somewhat controversial here. Or actually, there's three of them that can be controversial. Metasia. Unfortunately, in our world, we're still coping with this silly notion that a person's skin color somehow flavors their perceived value. True? True. What have you experienced when you think of your own sense of worth and the rich culture you come from? Is that rich culture being honored? From a, a sense of worth, have you ever experienced your feeling of worth being challenged because of your cultural background? Yeah. So that's part of the physical and emotional. There's another one there that from a, an aspect of our worth, right? To be just conscious of it. All I'm asking you to do is just be conscious of it. What else about our physical nature? You're born either as a what
1: or a what? A boy or a girl. <laughs> sexual <laughs> orientation right there. Well, that's gender. Gender, yeah.
0: Gender is different than sexual orientation.
1: Oh, dear. I'm going to have to explore that one there.
0: <laughs> and in fact, there's gender, there's sexual orientation, and there's sexual identity.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, and these are all offsprings on the word body? Correct. Okay.
0: point of this exercise, as we get into more of it, is I noticed in my life that when I just simply become aware of something, meaning I'm just, oh, look at that. The fact that now I'm looking at that, right? Just the fact that I'm looking at it changes it, doesn't it?
1: Yes,
3: Oh yeah, I mean, I've been told you can't do that. You're a girl. Watch me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Has there been a time, Samantha, where you're fairly certain that somebody's judged you because you're a female?
4: Oh yeah, absolutely. For a number of years I worked in uh, as a dump truck driver and that's predominantly a male-dominated industry. I would have guys make these wise cracks at me and stuff like that. But the thing is, is that I can recognize they're making those comments, and I can take that into myself personally and be offended or hurt by it, or I can just let it bounce off me, like have this little force field around me, like I'm just observing you doing that, and you're doing it, and ha-ha, that's funny, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about, you know? <laughs> and so... The point is is that we could allow that to decay our worth of ourselves or decay our, our self confidence or work on our emotional aspect of ourselves or we can just ignore it or just, you know, let them be who whoever they are and they can be that way. I don't have to I don't have to believe what they're saying, you know. I don't have to.
3: Well, Samantha, did you ever think when these people are making comments, did you ever think I'd like to understand things from your point of view, but I can't get my head that far up my butt. <laughs> that's, that's a funny way of no saying really, it.
0: Frances, what do you really want to say here? Come on.
4: Do <laughs> Don't hold back. I'm trying to be
3: a lady.
4: <laughs> you know, I, what's what's interesting to me is one thing that I have for most of my adult life is I've been able to see things from another person's perspective, which has actually kind of helped me allow them to be that way without being offended by it or without being upset by it is just knowing, well, they have their own beliefs, they have their own life that they've lived, they've they've got their own everything that's been brought up with for their lives. I think that's the hardest part for so many people is that when someone else says something from the outside is that we let their opinion of us take over and dominate our lives, whereas they really don't have any power over us unless we allow that.
2: That's
4: so true. Bingo. Welcome
0: to the party, Ron.
2: Uh thank you, sir.
0: We're having a introductory aspect of our topic of worth and I have coined a term called worth decay. Worth decay is comprised of our body, mind and spiritual components of things like age and gender and job and awareness level and all of these sort of things. One of the things that, as we begin our journey together, is to set some ground rules that I think are key. I mean, they're like the foundation stones to a successful journey. You all have a book or you all have an e-copy of the book, and right at the very beginning of the book, I talk about four characteristics that are massively part of Worth Decay. I'll kick it off with the first one. Doubt.
1: Guilt. Shame. (laughs) Worry.
0: Those four things, doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, are like candy to worth decay. Any ideas why I come to say that?
1: Like candy, huh? When you think of tooth
0: decay. Oh, okay. Tooth decay, one of the number one ways we can enjoy tooth decay is eat a lot of candy, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: If my life is so busy because I'm worrying about Everything. I'm worried about the economy. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried about who's going to get elected. I'm, I'm worrying about my neighbor. I'm worrying about my daughter, my brother, my sister. I'm worrying, I'm worrying, I'm worrying. And then, And then somebody finds out something about me that, oh, my God, I did not want them to know that. Now I've got shame. Shame is also a very good subcomponent of that. If I'm feeling really shame, is it easy to feel a lot of doubt and guilt?
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Where am I going with this? Decaying. Mm Mm-hmm. Keep going, Ron.
2: Self-decaying. Sounds like worth decay to me. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Does anybody have a story of a time where they didn't know while they were in it, but they allowed doubt to rob them of something really, really wonderful?
2: Hmm.
1: I do recall many times really wanting a certain job and doubting that I could get it. So I would just not even do anything to pursue it. A few times I remember doing that. And then I look back and I say, I could have done that. Oh my God, why did I doubt myself so much at that
4: point? I can think of a lot of times when I was younger, particularly when it came to instances of talking to opposite sex and you're young, you don't have that confidence to go up and talk to somebody you think is cute. You pass notes between your friends, right? <laughs> that whole aspect of it. Looking back in my adult life, um a number of years ago, we had a trucking company. My husband and I were working on that together and we came across some serious financial situations and some significant changes in the economy and all those kinds of things. And we pretty much just thought there was no way to fix the problem and we ended up liquidating the whole thing. And I look back on that now and I'm like, when we start talking about doubting ourselves is that we doubted our ability to recover from that. And so because of that doubt, we didn't pursue the right avenues to find a solution. We lost our confidence. We didn't think there was a way to recover. And so... We we went ahead and allowed it to be liquidated and closed. If only I had done this one thing. I may have found the solution, or if I'd only know what I know now, we would have found this other way to make it work. I mean, what's interesting now is these years later, we found a whole new opportunity. We're going back into the same industry again, but we're doing it differently because we have the confidence. We know that we can do it. Now we've been through this, we can go and we can do this again, and uh, and, and so we don't have that doubt that we had before and I also know that we're moving forward into this is that I know that when something starts to happen I need to dig more and find out okay what is the solution don't just give up when we can't figure it out is to keep on trying and keep on going right
0: excellent example there thank you Samantha because when I get into a deep sense of doubt of course the first thing I'm going to do is focus on preservation right Samantha, the first time through, if I were to have shown up in your life at that moment in time, that first run through of doubt, and I started you offering solutions, would you have even heard them?
4: That's a really good question, Sol, and, and to be honest with you, probably not, because I was so stuck in my own doubt, and I was so stuck, you know, my husband, we were both stuck in that place. I have an aunt and uncle who are very financially successful now they weren't in the same industry they don't really know anything about our industry but if we had maybe asked them to help us find somebody that could help us find the solution they may have known somebody because they know a lot of people but when we were talking about the issues that we were having I don't really feel like I was truly listening to what they were saying and if somebody had come along who we didn't know, you know how it is, You, you somebody you don't know, you haven't met them in the right way, and you just kind of automatically write them off like they don't know what your situation is. And so you, yeah, you put the blinders on or you already have your blinders on and you think you're the only person that knows everything. It's that whole doubt in your own confidence in yourself that you don't have confidence in other people either. So you project it. Who was saying something about that earlier? Kareem was talking about projecting and what we feel about ourselves is what we project out into the world. And so therefore it reflects back to us and we see the same thing. And so it's that all blinders thing.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: We're getting into some really
0: good stuff here around doubt and how it's pernicious. It's based on so many different variables. But if I think the roof over my head and the food on my table and my safety is at jeopardy, right? Right. Doubt then starts talking to its girlfriend, worry. And worry starts, oh, come here, honey, no, we're, right? I mean, there's this little relationship thing going on between doubt and worry and worry and doubt, and we create these stories in our mind that worth decay is just getting worse and worse and worse. So part of our tools, Kareem, when you first heard me say to you, you cannot doubt, what was your initial reaction? I didn't actually
2: think it was possible, because doubt, guilt, all those things, worrying about if something was going to work, worrying about, oh, if I ask somebody to buy a book for me or if I ask somebody to invest in me, is that the right thing to do? I mean, how dare I'm asking for something in return. <laughs> What's this kid doing? <laughs> Come to find out when I actually position myself as a leader, I have no doubts and I'm talking to somebody about something I'm doing or I'm talking about a skill set I have. But I'm not doubting. They're not doubting. And it makes it a lot easier not to doubt. I am going through the process of creating a new meme. It's pretty cool.
0: Mahalo, Kareem. Thank you for that. One of the things that I do from time to time, I always do my own exercises in the book. And so when I go through the book and I start rereading the very beginning about doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, I take a sheet of paper and I write the words doubt, guilt, shame, worry on it, or a little three by five card or a post-it note or something like that. And I'll carry that piece of paper with me throughout the day. And if I catch myself doubting, catch myself worrying, any if I catch myself doing one of those things, I'll put a little tick mark under the category, a reality check. And at the end of the week, I'll look at that little slip of paper and going, now here I am telling hundreds of thousands of people to let go of doubt, guilt, shame, and worry. And what are you doing, Saul? Look at those tick marks under doubt. And look at those tick marks under worry. And look at those. Oh, I got some work to do here. <laughs> Somewhere there's something you're going to teach me. I know it. Every single one of you, every single person that gets into a class or a club or a call, I get out my explorer. I'm like, What's Matasia got for me? What has Ron got for me? What has Francis and Samantha got for me? What, I, where is it? I know it's there. <laughs> Marcia might not offer what it is that I'm supposed to learn in this particular call today, but she's planted the seed for it. <laughs> We've only covered doubt. There's guilt, there's shame, and there's worry left to chew on. Let's get into the two tools that I have found to be so exciting. A shifting between analyzing and exploring. Ron, when you hear the word analyze, if I were an exchange student from France and I'm just learning the English and I don't know the word, what is this word analyze? I don't understand. please. please. <laughs>
2: analyze is my middle name.
1: Might, if I
2: don't, I, know if I don't have another problem. That would be my biggest problem: is overanalyzing.
0: Marcia, we've got our work cut out for this man. Really got our work cut out. In, in fact, I'll even rephrase it and say analyzing.
2: <laughs> it hurts sometimes.
0: So first, two, two issues become ten, ten issues become thirty, and off we go. Right? And you got that right. Okay. Very well put. I, I don't know this word, explore. What does explore mean? No.
4: Well, you know, I mean, explore is to just go around and check stuff out and see what comes up. you are talking about the worth decay and exploring, then we're looking inside ourselves. And like you were talking about, writing up the little cards and having the shame and guilt and worry on there and making a tick every time you have that come up. Now, if I was going to do that, I would also write what it was. What was I feeling shameful about? What was I feeling guilty about? What was I feeling worry about so that then i can go back and look at that i can explore each one of those aspects i can look deeper inside myself to see what's causing that in the first place and then i can dig on that and i can look at that and say okay well what's causing that and i can keep digging down and down and down until i figure out what that core reason that's causing it and i can let that go and go forward from that
0: beautiful example samantha thank you of of overlapping a little bit of analyzing in there. That exploring involves the curiosity, right? It's that fine nuance. And the trick to all of this is I know I'm overly analyzing when the end point becomes more important than what I'm looking at. Meaning, when I'm analyzing I know I'm analyzing when I'm judging. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it right? Is it wrong? And then I get more vested in, well, I want it to be good. I want it to be bad. Follow? Analyzing is concerned about the destination, right? Yes. Ron, do you have kids? Yeah. Do you recall when your kids were just toddlers and they went out into the world and they started experiencing the world? Do you recall those days? Oh yeah. When they were out yes, ex- sir, I do. when they were out exploring, Ron, did it wake up your own explorer? Yeah, I guess it did.
2: Really. I'd relate back to when I was a child and it was something that I had already explored myself.
0: hmm Did you ever stop, have one of those moments where you're being fascinated by your child seeing something for the very first time, and it might be something that they're seeing for the very first time that you've seen thousands of times, but it caught you? Remember that? Yes, sir. Hold on to that memory. Marsha. Yes. (laughs) Do you remember what it was
1: like for your
0: kids to just be kids?
1: Yes, I do. What amazes me today is when I look back and I think about my children, the things that they experienced, what really amazed me is that I realized how much my children taught me. Oh, my gosh. I look back and I discovered how my daughter was so self-sufficient at such an early age. I mean, oh my god, I was like, who's the mom here? (laughs) Seriously, that's like an eye-opener when you see that your children are so different from yourself in so many ways, and yet you wonder, where did that come from? How did they come to be like that? Especially with a mom that was a bit crazy. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so in our journey together, I'm gonna beg each of you to let your explorer out. Chris, on your journey with Team Seekers, sure. we all have witnessed a massive shift from an analyzer to an explorer. Yes sir. Is that an accurate statement, Kareem, Marcia? Yes. I think so. Yes. Yes. What was that like for you to experience that, Chris, to give your explore permission to play? Oh, it
2: just was like it feels so good because now I'm not worried about the destination anymore.
4: Like me and Kareem are on a journey together with you guys, and we have our own journey together, and we're just playing around, seeing what works. Let's throw this at the
2: dartboard and see what happens. hmm Let's throw this at the dark board and see what happens. So I'm not so worried about getting where I want to go now. I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing, and I'm gonna get there. You know,
0: so eye-opening, and I'm still battling with my analyzer at times. But well, uh, you and Ron are gonna to have to get together and have a little conversation about the analyzer. And uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> I've known Ron a long time. Ron's a good guy, and I'm glad he's here today. Good to see you, Ron.
3: So I've been listening to the conversation and I think that the explorer in me would be looking for the silver lining.
0: Uh, so the explorer is still dating and having an affair with the analyzer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. What?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's, there's something about any situation that If you take the blinders off and you look for the silver lining, you're going to find a path of acceptance in most situations that maybe you were just totally against the fact that your child wanted to go away for the weekend and couldn't quite cut the apron strings.
0: I hear what you're saying. The silver lining is a, is a sense of a direction.
3: Yeah. It's a different path that where is the middle line. So can you balance the reality
0: that, yes, it's nice to have somewhat of a sense of direction with if I get too focused on that direction, mm. I'm going to miss what's over here and I'm going to miss what's over
3: exactly. here. Exactly. You're
0: not balancing it then, right?
3: Right. You miss a lot because you don't allow your child to explore themselves and to have anything to draw from in their own life. True.
0: Now, what's most difficult for me? My true explorer, I know I'm truly exploring when I am so detached from everything. I'm just, oh, that's cool. Oh, look at that. Oh, oh, oh. It can be a different form of analysis paralysis. I can't focus on anything because I'm busy focusing on everything. Right? Right? Folks, as we think about our journey together, the 44 key terms that keep popping up when I hear our reports back when people talk about their sense of worth. We're gonna get into those terms over the next months as they unfold. I'm going to introduce topics for each chapter that's not in the book, in our book club calls. I'm gonna throw certain things out there that because I've had the joy of this gift of perspective of a decade now of, wow, I never thought of it that way. You don't have that wellspring of information. I can throw it in there. And so as people are coming in to the book club, what you're reading in the book is just the beginning of this. We'll dive much deeper into the book if you get into a class, but for the book club, it is my hope and dream that you just have fun with it. As we close this show, here's a couple facts to ponder. Fact one, each pay radio show costs Seoul University time and money to host as well as produce. Which leads us to fact two. Ha <laughs> We professionally edit all audio content like this show. Notice how this show is free of <coughs> uh, ums, you know, and related things folks say while they think of what to say next. Now that you have a sense of what goes on in our Pay Me What I'm Worth book club, smart people will join our monthly book club to figure out how to say Pay Me What I'm Worth say it like you mean it, say it so you get it. Visit bit.ly forward slash pay me club to learn more. Again, that link is bit.ly forward slash pay club to learn more. Click the registration link and you'll get signed up in just a few moments. Within seconds after registering, log into our book club audio library to catch up on what you've missed. We look forward to you joining us on a life-changing journey. Together, one day, one person, one step at a time, we grow more awake and aware of what our worth is all about. Join us today. You're worth it. Once again, thank you for listening to Pay Radio, talk radio worth listening to. To access hundreds of on-demand downloadable shows, visit bit.ly forward slash Pay Radio. Again, bit.ly forward slash Pay Radio anytime. We look forward to hearing you or seeing you in our monthly book club events.